Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here, and I have the pleasure of having Mr. Chris Reed in the house. How are you doing, sir? Uh, dude, it's awesome. Coming to you from the other side of the world, the future in Saigon in Vietnam. Oh, I love it. Well, see, I thought you were in Australia, so that's even better that you're in Vietnam. But I just read something, and this can't be true. You, you're the coolest guy in SEO. Oh, dude, you you Google the coolest guy on SEO, and if you don't see my my pretty face, then then Google is broken. That that I that didn't know. Fact. I didn't know SEO guys could be rock stars, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? And I told you I was going to save it for the podcast. So my life changed in March. I got laid off from private equity and moved into the podcasting and other aspects of my business. And I'm a doer. I'm a I'm a I'm a just bull rusher. But we did that. We released 130 episodes in eight months. Like, you know, we did all these things that scaled the coaching business. But for the last three weeks, I have done what I hate doing more than anything and spent the entire time talking to marketers and <laughs> digging through metrics. And in the, I'm not kidding you when I say this, we are in the process of rebuilding my website right now. And there couldn't be a better timing to have the king of Google rankings and SEOs on. So I, guys, this isn't even for y'all. This is for me. So I'm super excited. But what I like to do with my guests is kind of, they can start their story where they want to go and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure, man. And I, I tell you like, well, the best time to build a website and get a ranking was was 10 years ago, but the <laughs> next best time is now, right? Yeah. Like with this COVID fiasco, like it's, you know, done a, a lot of lot of businesses, a lot of bad but I tell you, like 2020 was our best year ever. Uh, in fact, last quarter, we grew at over 100%. Like, Holy at, crap. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good quarter. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. And uh, this, this quarter, we're, I mean, we're only 12 days in, but we're already 8% up on last quarter. So, like, man, like, it's a really, really good time to be working online, man. Like, yes. everyone's online. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. But... My, my story about how I became the coolest guy in SEO is somewhat like yours. I got laid off. Uh, I, you know, I'm a computer geek. I used to work in finance. I worked in London, worked for you know, uh, big, big hedge funds that you know, make billionaires lots of money, which is it's pretty soul-destroying work, making, making the, the top 1% or the top 1% of the 1% you know, even richer. But you know, they pay you enough that you, you learn to forget about it. And life was going great. You know, I was in my 20s, had Europe as my playground. I had made more money than I could spend. I was thinking, you know, my ego was really, really big. And then the 2008 global financial crisis came and like beat the crap out of me. It took my job away it, and it made me realize that I was not invincible. Uh, and, you know, there was no jobs to be had. So, you know, I ran back to Australia with my tail between my legs and thought, what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, I'm like, I was 28 at the time. And I'm like, my whole career is destroyed and there's no, no jobs. So I built an online game 
really just out of I had plenty of spare time and I wanted to wanted to learn a new type of programming. And so I was like, well, how the hell do you get people to a website to play the damn thing? And so that's when I started learning about SEO. I built a bunch of what I call backlinks to my website. It shot up in the rankings and I went, holy cow, this is a lot of fun and this is cool. And I've been doing it ever since. I love it. The aspects of understanding, like, I, you know, I have a lot of mentors in this group called GoBundance and they're, they're you know, millionaires in, in life and business and everything. And they said, look, COVID didn't do anything that wasn't coming already. It just brought it 10 years faster. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. And so yeah, like- ultimately, if you didn't have a space where you were selling online or digitally marketing yourself, you know, what I love is that the phone, in essence, has created an equalizer uh, against the bigger companies, right? But you have to understand backlinks, how it works. But more importantly, you have to have a funnel. And what I'm not good at is tracking the data. And what I realized when I started running ads is that, yes, you're, you're getting exposure, but you're also capturing data. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that that's the true power of, of SEO and, 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 and marketing. Yeah, I mean, like running running ads, like paid ads. I mean, they they obviously work because otherwise Facebook or YouTube wouldn't be worth anything. Well, actually, YouTube loses money, so it's not really worth anything. But uh, <laughs> Google finances it. But you know, like if you don't set paid ads up right, like you can just burn your burn your budget super quick. But one reason why SEO kicks the crap out of like digital marketing for one, no matter what form of it, is way better than any traditional marketing. Like whether you're radio ads or TV ads or newspaper ads, how do you measure how many people saw that ad? Never mind how you measure it, how they took action. Like it's incredibly difficult. Heck, my wife owns a restaurant across the street and even running digital ads for her, it's like, how do you measure that someone saw that ad and came into the restaurant? It's super difficult. But like, so digital marketing, you can track everything. You can see how many people saw your Facebook ad, how many people clicked on it, all of it. But why SEO kicks the crap out of all the paid stuff is that you know, paid stuff, as soon as you stop spending, you stop getting. But with SEO, it's compounding. What you did last month, you get this month and you get next month. And you know, in a year's time when you've got a website that's ranking really well and driving, driving heaps of traffic, if you stop doing anything, you keep getting all that traffic. You know, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's there for the long term. And, and for anybody that doesn't understand the aspects, this might be the simplest question I ask, but it, but it matters because I'd love to hear your definition. What is your what is the best way that you can describe SEO to somebody? Yeah, so well, so the thing is, most businesses feel they need a website, right? And it's total BS. If you're not going to rank a website, why why the hell have it? Like, I people come to us all the time that have spent twenty grand on a website from some designer that builds them this beautiful thing that generates them zero business, and like that's like having a gorgeous website, a gorgeous business card that's sitting in their drawer. You know, it's pointless. The purpose of SEO is to get your website in front of the people that are looking for it. So like, you know, where does anyone go to look for products and services these days? Google, right? And so like they're, they're searching in, you know, in, in, invest, you know, how to invest $50,000, how to sell my house fast, how to, you know, realtors in Atlanta, whatever the heck it is, they go into Google to find that. And so SEO is about getting your message in front of where that person is actively looking for exactly what you do. And man, there's, there's no more powerful way to grow your business. I love that. And I have a couple of friends that have been in the marketing space for multiple years, 30 years. And, and I have an Airbnb client who is an SEO guy for his wife's company. And there's a lot of questions that they ask me 
especially when you're starting out a business that are very uncomfortable. And yeah. if you're not, if you're not willing to like, who's your avatar, who are you coaching? What do you do? Okay. Austin, that's great. You can do multiple things, but who are you actually servicing? And I've never sweat so much and got out of a meeting where I feel like I've been beaten up. But every time I leave that meeting, I have more clarity on where I'm going. And yeah. so, you know, you have to be willing to ask those questions of yourself. So, yeah, like, so when I started in business, you know, I had no idea about business. I made so many mistakes. Like I had a HR steal like 30 grand one time, like, you know, every dumb mistake I've made it. And a lot of that came down to that I didn't have a plan. You know, there's a great book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And habit number one is begin with the end in mind. You need to know where you're going or it's really hard to get there. And like, that's the same with a, like SEO, a digital marketing. You, what are you trying to achieve? Who are you trying to get this message in front of? And this is why web designers suck and they steal people's money because themselves, they don't understand what they're trying to do. Your website isn't to look pretty and to ask, you know, tell, tell the world how great you are. It's to like get your message, which has to be really simple in front of your target audience and get them, you know, to interact with you. And that would had become would, a lead. Would you, would you think, and, and I just see this in my coaching and just in business in general, would you say that one of the number one issues with people is they make everything too complicated? Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, most businesses, well, most people are searching for, you know, a problem. They don't know what the solution is. Like a lot of bad business coaches will say, oh, what's the biggest problem in your business? And it's like, man, if people knew what it is, they're going to fix it. You know, like that's just a stupid <laughs> question. <laughs> and so most of the time people are searching for that they've got an issue, right? How to, how to get more customers online. Like, you know, for, for instance, we don't want to rank for SEO type keywords because generally someone searching SEO wants to learn about SEO and do it themselves. We want to get in front of business owners that are searching, how do I get more customers online? That's our perfect customer. Mm -hmm. uh, and so your website, you know, if that's the search phrase that you're, that you're going for, how to get customers online, it needs to like, when someone uh, lands on your website, it needs to really clearly express that. Do you want to get new customer, more customers online? Do you want to grow your business? Like needs to be really crystal clear what it is that you do. You know, then show some examples of some people that you've helped. Here's, you know, John, John Smith and whatever that, that we've helped solve that problem and then make it really easy for people to do business with you. And the way to do that is through a lead magnet. You know, a lot of, especially in real estate, people are far too aggressive and like go, hey, book a call or here's my number, give me a call. It's like people don't know you and people don't trust you. It's like, you know, the old adage of buying a secondhand car. You, no one likes to do that because that guy has way more information than you and he's a professional salesman. And, you know, what, he's going to sell me on some crappy car that's going to break down? People are scared of that with the website as well. Like Amazon, it converts at a way better better rate than any other e-commerce website. Like if you're searching for a, a widget and Amazon comes up in the top 10 of Google search, people are going to click on it and they're going to buy from it because they mm -hmm. know they're going to get a good user experience. If you sell the same product, even at a cheaper price, people are going to, they don't know you. They don't trust you. Like just, just recently I, you know, went to some website, I bought a $600 product and it was crap. It was not at all like, like they specified. And, you know, I asked them for a refund and they're not very, you know, very talkative. So who knows if I'm ever going to get it, you know, and you get burnt. That happens. It's a risk that people face, which is why people don't like buying from strangers. 
So like on a, on a website, you shouldn't be saying, hey, buy now, give me your money. Like especially if you, you know, a, a, a real estate syndicator or something looking for a multifamily investment, you know, generally the, you know, the normal investment's like 50 grand. Like you're not going to have a buy now button, you know, to get someone to give you 50 grand. Yeah, like a, a great kind of lead magnet is, you know, what's, what's the five biggest mistakes people uh, make when starting investing? People, uh, someone will then put in their email address. You give them the guide. They read it and go, wow, this guy, Austin, man, he knows what he's talking about. And then you have a nice email sequence that goes to it. You know, I oh, hate listen to me on this, this podcast. Watch me on this YouTube video. Listen to this keynote that I gave. And then I'm like, man, this Austin guy is super awesome. He knows exactly what he's talking about. And then you ask them to book a call. And when they book that call, they already think that you're awesome. They see you as an authority. And you know, it's much easier to close that deal as well. Well, what's interesting is I think there's so much in there and I want to unpack it because I'm a studier of human psychology. And I'll touch on one point first. The reason that I buy Amazon is because they've made the delivery process very seamless. That's why I buy Amazon. Because you know when it's going to get there, they give you alerts. They And then I just bought something from Walmart. And yes, they're working on their new delivery. But it didn't show up for a week. And then I had no answers. And then I called finally. And they're like, oh, yeah, I got lost in delivery. I'm like, well, you didn't tell me. So like, why would I buy from Walmart again? And so like now you've lost a customer. And I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon because I hate to leave the house. So it's like, you know, ultimately things. But what's interesting, right? Everybody can look as a podcast. I, I, I'm a value guy. I want to give everybody value. But what I've realized is that my podcast and my YouTube channel and my social media is almost my my card of rep- reputation for people. Like, okay, we might not listen to everything, but damn, this dude's consistent and his message really resonates with me. And what I try to tell people is it's not so much the people that are commenting, it's the people that aren't commenting that are watching. And those are the people that you're that you're trying to convert almost, you know, is like they're, you know, three months in, they might say, okay. But what I found is when I get outside of the people that follow me, like every day, you better have your crap lined up because that's in a different world because they haven't watched your journey. And so if you don't have an easy way to get them, then or like track them, there's no point that you're not going to get them. Because I think what what are they, what would you say that people make a decision within the first yeah, five, I mean, 10 the, seconds? The amount of touch points that you need on, on someone to like build that trust, get them to take action. Yeah. It, 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 the more expensive your product, the, the more that is like, you know, if you're asking someone for $50,000, like chances are that you're not having one phone call with that guy. Cause you know, like you want to show them a, a whole lot of trust, you know, for one that you've done it before, okay, cause it's a lot of money. No one wants you to run away for that. If you're selling a $5 widget, then, you know, you don't, you don't need so many touches. So it's somewhere in between that a few and a lot. <laughs> so I have a lot of young realtors that I coach or, or kind of mentor on the side and they're either getting their license now or they're, or they're, you know, early in the game. What would you say if you had one, two or three points of reference that they, the things that they should be focused on, is that a website or social media or what, what should they be focused yeah, on? You need to go where your, your customers are. Uh, if they're, if they're on social media, then that's a, that's a good place to be. But, you know, generally, you know, if I'm looking to sell a house or I'm looking to buy a house, I go to Google to search and I, you know, I don't go to Facebook to search, you know, luxury property Atlanta or something, you know, you, you type it into Google and Google shows you exactly how many people are searching for those keywords. 
But uh, especially if you're a young person, one thing I'd really recommend is read a hell of a lot. Like I read a ridiculous amount of books now. Like I'm just constantly reading. And man, if I could go back and kick my 10-year-old, 10 years ago self, that's what I'd do is like read, read, read. Like there's a really great book called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And it talks about like, you know, business is for infinite. It's not for like this quarter or next quarter. And when you start getting like out of that kind of mindset, you go, oh, yeah, I'm investing in something that is forever. And like, if you think about that, like, you, you know, it's Warren Buffett that said, you know, uh, you, it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and seconds to destroy it. And that's the same with the website. You just keep on adding to it and keep on building it. And it builds up that trust and authority. And it does take a long time because like anyone can write any crap they want on the internet, right? Like, you know, I can, I can write a, build a beautiful website today, today and say, I'm the best realtor in Atlanta. And how does Google know if it's true or not? You know, they have no idea. So they can't trust what I say implicitly. But they, they trust older sites more because, well, they've been around longer and they generally have more backlinks, more content. And so, like, if you're starting out, register your domain name, get something up there and, you know, at least add to it every now and then. And, you know, in 10 years, you'll have a, a real cash cow that you can keep on milking. No, I love that. It's a slow process. I, I read a book. I just finished a book recently called The Slight Edge. Uh, you know, Atomic Habits, one of my favorites. But, but ultimately, what we're doing, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is like I have the podcast and then I've got the coaching business and a real estate investor. But what we're, what we're realizing is that me, like me, myself, is the brand. The podcast is part of who I am. So that's why we're creating the austinlinney.com and then we're baking off the aspects of what I do but positioning myself. And so we reposition the YouTube page with my name my photo, not the logo. And it's amazing the, the, the different feeling that people have in the moment of positioning you as the brand. Yeah, well, I mean, it really de- depends what you're trying to do. I mean, like when you're coaching, it's you, right? So they're buying you. So it's really good to have your name on there. It's not like a, a generic coaching business. Like, yeah. I, you know, what's it called? The, the, the e-myth, you know, they, they, like they have a coaching business, you know, and it's like you get some random coach. So like, like that's what you want to do if it's, if it's not, you're not buying that person, mm-hmm. but like, you know, like, you know, my business art or SEO, like I want SEO in the title. So it's very clear. That's what we do. Search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. You know, branding is tricky. Like, you know, you look at Starbucks, right? It's a stupid name from some B grade sci- sci-fi movie, but it's like, they became a world brand. Like you, you, it doesn't particularly matter what your name is, but like, I think actually their full name is Starbucks Coffee, right? So they like they tell you we do coffee, and you know it's it's good if you're a plumber that it says Johnny's Plumbing. You know it just makes it simple that people know exactly what you are that you write on the tin. You don't want people to have to think harder and go, what the hell is this? You know, does this person do? If it says it on the tin, if it says it in your domain name, it's it makes it a whole lot easier. I love that. And so when you got. And you, you got laid off and you started growing the business, you know, obviously you don't become the coolest SEO guy overnight. And so do you predicate like reading and just kind of like focused work on like building the reputation of delivering for your clients? Is that how we got to where we are today? Yeah, I mean, it took a, a lot of lot of years of of building that reputation and and just delivering delivering work for clients. It could have 
done it in like it, you know, if I started again, I could build a business of this size in you know a quarter of the time or less. Uh, you know, just because you know what you're doing now. Another really good, a good book is by Michael Hyatt called the uh, the Vision Driven Leader, and it's got a really nice way to to build a three year plan. And I tell you, like building a three year plan is so valuable. Like you know, it, it took quite a bit of time and effort, and they. I used our core, core team members to you know, help them work on it as well because it gets them more engaged in the company as well. But we have like our, our growth goals for the next three years. Uh, we know where we need to be. So we, we, have, a, we have an office here in Saigon where I live, uh, but we also have a lot of remote people all around the world. And so we have a, a company call the, the first Friday of every month where we get everyone on the, on the call and all the team leads, like talk about what, what they've been doing. Last, last call took like two hours. It was a pretty, a pretty long call, but we're able to go, this is where our three-year plan is. This is where our quarterly goals are. This is how we did this month. Are we above them? Are we below them? And it just gives so much clarity to everyone. And we know when we need to hire people, how many leads we need to come in, how many sales we need to convert. And it just really inspires people too. You know, like, Everyone likes being part of some some success, and you know our team members are certainly responsible for our company's success. And when they can see it, you know it feels bigger than them. You know, especially when you know, we've got a pretty big company, and you don't want to feel like a cog in the machine. Like, in fact, my my last job in Europe, I worked on the the biggest software project in Europe, which was massive. There was like six hundred developers or something, and it's like you just feel like a cog in a giant machine. Like it. it What's it matter if you work hard, no one notices. You don't work, no one notices. It's like it's it works meaningless. And you know, I've I've really made a point that I want to build a big company that does not have that uh, feeling that everyone feels valued. How big is your company currently? Uh, so on, on our on our tight payroll, we have got about sixty people, uh, but we we use a lot of uh, part time people as well. And how do you, as a, you know, there's a saying, I, I've worked in the restaurant business for 21 years, hotels. There's a saying, the, the farther you move up, the, uh, the farther a chef moves up the chain, the farther he gets away from the kitchen, mm. right? And the food. So yeah. how do you, as a leader, stay dialed into what, you know, inspiring and visioning out the team while you're moving far and far away from the actual working of the business? Yeah, that's really tricky. Like, I mean, we just had a, a team event where we, like our team here in Saigon, we went up to the mountains in December uh, to enjoy some colder, colder. well, it was pretty cold for Vietnam, um, and just spend time together. It does get tricky. Our, our customers all know that they can reach out to me at any time. Uh, if there is a problem, sometimes they do, very rarely. Uh, but often they reach out to, to send some praise, which is nice. Uh, I try and keep a little, I, I don't know all of our clients, but I try and keep a bit of knowledge of what's going on. Like we have a whole like Skype group that's just dedicated to like winning. And so like if one of the account managers does something great, they'll post in the, cause you know, it's, we don't have one person working on any one account. It's like you have an account manager, then you have like the analysts, then you have the you know content writers and designers. It's a whole team effort. And so a lot of people were responsible for that win. And so someone will post in it and go, Hey, this person made lots of money and then everyone's really happy. You know? And so like, that's how we keep in, in, in the, the team happy, making sure that everyone knows that it's a team effort. No one 
no one does it on their own, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've studied a lot about people and why they feel the way they do and, and so on and so on. I feel like when you don't champion growth or you don't give them opportunities to learn and they're stifled in that situation, that's when the resentment, that's when the not following through with things comes. And so you always have to be. And so I always had this idea um, to have an internal podcast for the company that's just for the company, right? That brings on people teaching them different tricks, right? So you can nurture that learning, right? And keeps them engaged because that is the hardest thing. Does, does anybody understand how hard it is to sell a vision to your first two employees when you have no money? <laughs> I've been doing that for seven months and it is, it's like, you're trying to like make sure they're happy, you can afford it. And so like, I would imagine that you're in a different realm now, but can you think back to those days and understand when you were just getting started that you were wearing I, many hats? Yeah, for sure. I mean, man, I remember our first little tiny pokey office and our first little desks. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, different ball game and, you know, grabbing a few tiger beers at the, on Friday. Yeah, it was, it was very different, but um, yeah, now, now it's, it's still the same game, right? Like I'm still trying to inspire, you know, our higher level people, they get to see all the accounts. And so they get to see, well, how much revenue is coming through and what, where profitability is. But I actually want all of our customers, our, all of our team members to understand what profitability is. Like I hear sometimes people confuse like revenue and profit. And I'm like, Jesus, guys, really? Come on. Like that's a pretty simple term. (laughs) I explained it on our our company call to make sure that everyone understands. Because like if you're not a business person, you just don't think about profitability. And like I explained to them, like if we're not making profit on any client, like why have the client? Why do the work and lose money? Like even why do the work and break even? Just don't do any work. It's easy. Uh, you know, like it, it's, if you're not making money, then don't do anything. And if you're, if you're costing the company money, you're stealing someone else's salary. That's I, like, I let them know that. So that, you know, if you want to pay rise, show us how much money you're making the company. You know, like be fierce. Like, and when you can keep that really open, then people, you know, fight to show that, you know, they are making the company money and, yeah, you know, we, we don't want to, like, have anyone's job feel that they're at risk or anything. But, you know, keep that center of mind that you, you need to be keeping our customers happy. You need to be making sure that however much they're spending with us, that they're getting a good, healthy return on that or they'll stop being cu- cu- customers and then you won't have a job. <laughs> Dude, you're my people, man. I, I deal with a lot of wholesale. Just a lot of my friends are in wholesaling. And I try to tell the young kids, they don't want to listen. I said, you could get ahead by not doing a deal, by not doing a deal in the downturn. And like a mentor explained to you, here's the real estate cycle. You think people lose their money on this deal? No, it's right here in the gap before it goes back up because they can't hang on. So by not doing a deal, you could actually get ahead. And a lot of wholesale businesses are top line revenue but they're creating a 3% margin in net. Look guys, I didn't graduate college. I dropped out three times, but I don't need to go to Harvard to understand the difference between net profit and gross. I deal with it every day in Airbnb. Oh, look at my gross. Well, I'm great, but what did you actually make walking away from it? That doesn't matter. And if that's how you that's how you make money in business, I don't understand how we lost this in the in the game. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, if you don't understand business, you, you don't. I, I myself was like, 
you know, okay, we charge a, a customer $1,000. Well, we got $1,000 to do the work. It's like, well, then there's no profit left. You've got nothing left at the end of the day. A, a fabulous book actually by Mike McCallowitz called Profit First. Yes. And you know, he talks, oh, it's a great book. And, I mean, like absolutely. literally heady, a little much for me, but my business partner lives and breathes by it. And I'm like, great. <laughs> we use a Profit First professional. Uh, our accountant's Profit First certified. I have a call with her tomorrow morning. Uh, she looks at our books and every month tells me where, where, where to put my allocations. So any people that don't understand profit first is basically rather than normal business, which is revenue minus expenses equals profit, it's revenue minus profit equals expenses. So that's how much you've got to spend. And so she goes, this is your revenue. This is what goes in your profit account. This is what goes in your tax account. This is what goes in your expense account. And then the rest goes to owner's pay. And you know that that that's pretty cool. Like, and you put it, you pigeonhole it away, and then the expense account. This is what you've got to run the business on. It makes it really simple. No, it's amazing because my favorite analogy that he talks about in the book is the. I I I literally think I've said it probably three hundred times about the tube of toothpaste, and <laughs> you know, like if you won't spend what you don't have and it'll teach you to work better. And I love my mentor because he runs three businesses with like four employees. Like he's very good at leverage and keeping perfect example. I have a mentor in Arizona who had 35 agents on his staff, big office, everything nice. And he he looked at it and he goes, we're not making any money. Like, I don't understand. So he shelled everybody, rebuilt the team with eight agents and no office and he's like, my overhead's like 4,000 bucks a month. And I'm making like 10 times the profit. Yeah. Bigger always isn't better. Hell yeah. I, I, and I, I, I know that. Like, so we used to have about 50 staff several years back. And that's because we were growing at such a rate that, uh, and I'm a pretty crappy manager, that I'd just hire more people to get the work done. And we were just so inefficient and so unprofitable. And I scaled back the team way, like well under 20. Uh, so like less than half the size that we were. And now we have a fabulous operations manager that's way better manager than I ever was. And we're just so much more e- efficient. And, and I'm, well, I get to keep my hair. So yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> so I want to ask you a question because I think you're the perfect person to ask for this. I was listening to an interview with Aubrey Marcus and Seth Godin, and they were talking about the contract workforce that's growing, right? And I use a lot of outside staff for the podcast, for building my website. They're not tip, they're not technically on my team. What is your view from an entrepreneur point of view of contracting people per job and not carrying their salary? Yeah, I mean that's good. It gives you like flexibility. Uh my uh, well, my very first kind of online business, that's exactly how we paid. We we're just building backlinks for people. And so people got paid per backlink and it's like, we got no orders coming in. we got no expenses. Mm-hmm. Now we get lots of orders. we got an army of people to get them done. So it was, mm-hmm. it was, that was really nice, but it's really hard to build a culture, you know, like, and have people like trust and, and rely on you. Like when, when COVID first happened, uh, we lost one customer almost instantly because he's a professional public speaker and his business stopped. And I mean, I'd, shit my dax a little bit i was like oh my god how, how bad is this gonna be how many customers are we gonna lose that was the only customer we lost but uh we you know made a promise to our team members that we're not going to like make anyone redundant we'll we'll find a way to make it through 
and thankfully nothing got bad. It was, it was great, but, <laughs> but we wanted to like make that happen. One of my good friends, uh, she was, she's been my friend since we were 15. She worked for Australia's largest travel agent for over, over 10 years. They're a multi-billion dollar company. She got laid off like straight away. They went out of here. They sacked the whole workforce. You know, it's like, yeah, but what, what sort of company do you want to work for? I want to like look after our people that like our real core team, like we, we have like unlimited holidays and we have unlimited sick pay. So like if something happens to them, then they're, they don't have to worry. Like if they got COVID and couldn't work for six months or whatever, then it's no worries. We'll, we'll look after them. Uh, and that's what I want a company that looks after people. You know, we, we can't do that for everyone just yet, but you know, one day we may. <laughs> See, you're the, you're the CEO that I want, like that understands that results in, cause I'm, I'm a culture specialist. Like people don't understand the power of culture. And if people love and respect and, and want to show up to work, that's what my, like people don't understand. I rarely share this with people. That's really the only reason I create businesses. That's it. Because I worked for 20 years in hospitality and they could give two shits about yeah. you. And I realized that I was just a hired gun. And so I said, when I create businesses, I want to create somebody. And I asked my assistant the other day, I'm like, hey, did I have I given you a time that you need to work? He said, no. I said, well, then work when you want to. <laughs> if you're a night owl, work as a night owl. I get up at 4 a.m. That's me. Like I was a bartender for years. And so by cultivating that, a lot of people will say, well, Chris, you're just giving them freedom to take off forever. But they don't, do they? Not at all. Like uh, our, our, our people that have unlimited holidays, they never take holidays. I'm like, Jesus, guys, have some freaking holidays. Like so, they work. So I'm going to give you a little secret that I tell to men, especially because I help a lot of guys with relationships. I should never say this out loud, but I don't care. Sometimes your better half just wants you to offer. It's not that they're going to take you up on it. And we as men don't see that. So you as a boss offer them the free holiday, but that doesn't mean they're going to take it. I think people worry too much about the result instead of the gesture. Yeah. But I mean, like our, our very best people, like they, they do take some time off, like, and you know, they, they might work like, you know, 12 hours a day for four days and then have a three day weekend or whatever. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, see, they, they adopt my philosophy. I go hard on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'm kind of like, whatever, the rest of the week. Yeah, well, that's, you know, our customers only care about results, right? Like, if we don't make the money, it doesn't matter how hard you work. That's why I say to all of our, our team members, it doesn't matter how much, hard you work. If you don't make these people more money, they will not be customers. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important that we focus on results. And that's the same as is like yourself. It's like, it's not about how many hours you're sitting at your desk. If you're doing crappy work, go for a walk, have a break, whatever. You know, I try and try and remember that myself. It's you know easier said than done, but. So so uh, I want to ask you a selfish question because you, you you used to live with the big hedge funds over in hustle and bustle, and yeah. now you're out in in Saigon, Vietnam. What what transitioned you into the to working from there, or kind of how did that come about? Yeah, so like, man, I, I remember when I used to work in London, like I worked in the Square Mile, which is like the historic old center. It's a financial heart of the world. It's pretty amazing. But, you know, you'd catch the tube every day. You'd get your head slammed in the doors. You're huddled on this train with a thousand other people and you're 
marching through the cold into some fancy damn office. It was really nice office, but it's like you're just a slave to the man. And I think about like back in those days, you know, I was in my 20s and thought it was amazing, but it's like I was pretty unhappy. You know, I used to drink a lot in the evening, you know, do all sorts of naughty things on the weekends. And it's like you're just trying to escape from stuff. Now, like, you know, my, my wife is an entrepreneur as well and we – we, we sometimes struggle to not work because we love doing what we do. You know? we, we just took, t- uh, took the kids for a two-week vacation and the last couple of days we were both like, oh, man, I can't wait to get back to work. Like it is, is crazy. You know? And like that's a much happier life, right? Yeah. No, it's – I was in Costa Rica for 10 days. So I figured out a lot of things about myself. It's either a three-day or four-day, three nights – or it's a month. Like there's no in between with me because it takes me 15 days to, t- to dial it down. But I was in Costa Rica looking at real estate because I want to I want to create shipping container hotels around the country and, and so on and so on. And people kept texting me or DMing me like, like just relax. And I'm like, I am relaxing. This is amazing to me that I get to even envision buying this real estate in Costa Rica. And that's where people have it twisted. Like all forever, whether it's for money or for free work till I'm 85 or 90 because it's just who I am. And if that's two days a week or one day a week, it makes me feel good. And so if that doesn't suit you as a person, like it's cool. But that for me, there's only so many times you can stare at the water. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was on a podcast and someone said like, yeah, what's retirement mean to you? And I'm like, well, yeah, Bill Gates could have retired, but he still works his ass off. Like, you know, if you enjoy what you're doing, like, why would you? Purpose, the pursuit of purpose is the ultimate energy factor. That's all you need. Yeah. Like, regardless of the weather, the economic climate, who's president, my purpose is, you don't know this about me, but, you know, I was a drug addict and homeless and uh, I was an alcoholic for 20 years. I've been sober for two and I've lost like 65 pounds. And uh, my purpose is to save others from the torment I had to go through. So you can't. You can't put a price tag on that. And more importantly, you can't turn me off of it. Yeah. And, and you know, like somebody said, like you're a, you're a train headed towards something and nobody better stand in your way because that gets me out of bed every morning. It doesn't mean that that'll drive me forever. But for right now, it's the yeah. purpose. And I think people get too caught up. One of the things I associate, people get too caught up in absolutes, right? Like you as a young person, you could have thought that your whole life was going to be working for the hedge fund and everything, but understand that there's seasons, right? You're in a new season of your life. And when your kids leave, there'll be another season. Like, yeah, God, exactly. like here's the deal. God bless your wife for, for if she owns it or runs it for working at a restaurant. I, <laughs> I commend her. I did it for 21 years. I'm sure I'll get back to it in my later years, but it's not easy. But she, that, she's but, got three of them. And I'm like, man, uh, like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, the amount of money and this we're in Vietnam and the amount of money is still six figures to set up a freaking restaurant. I'm like, man, build a website. It's so much cheaper. <laughs> no, sell your, sell yourself as a consultant for restaurants and then you don't have to own the asset. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Well, I know you said that you, you might have an offer for the, for the listeners. So I wanted to get that out and set that up. For sure. So, I mean, I, I assume there's some as, aspiring business owners uh, listening to this, hopefully. Uh, and that's what we do. And the, 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 tr- the un- unfortunate 
tr- unfortunate truth is most businesses fail and they fail because they can't get enough customers. And that's exactly what we do is get your message in front of your ideal customer and help you predictably grow your business. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to Ardor SEO, so Ardor means to do something with a fiery passion and SEO is search engine optimization. So ardorseo.com slash Austin, you'll see an example of an, a fabulous lead magnet. It's me talk, talk, talking to you. And if you put in your details, I'll do a video review of your website. I'll show you exactly what your potential customers are searching for in what search volume and some simple things you can change yourself to get your message in front of them and help you grow your business. So it's ardorseo.com slash Austin. Man, I appreciate that. And as soon as my website is finished in the next week or two, I'm signing up for that because I'm cool. Just I'm cool to stand in the fire. So hey, if anybody wanted to find out more about you and your company, how would they do that? So you can also go to the Google and type in the coolest guy in SEO. And man, if you don't see my pretty face, Google's broken. Guys, he was the first seven things that came up. So he's definitely, he's, you know what? Your, your, your words match your, 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 your follow through. So guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends. And we appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.